Welcome to the conversation. This week, I've got Gormy on the line with me, and you probably know him from his Fat Guy Forum podcast and his accounts on social media, which all of those are, well, I've got his Instagram linked up in the show notes here. Uh, but but Gormy, I'm, I'm looking forward to having this mental health talk and this men's uh, emotion conversation mm-hmm. with him. Oh, definitely looking forward to it, man. I'm glad we're able to connect. It's been a while since we've had a conversation, so looking yes. forward to it. Yes. So, yeah. And I mean, and this kind of ties into um, a lot of the stuff that that we end up talking about when it comes to health and fitness. And if you're doing, you know, one-on-one work or group work with clients, this stuff always comes up, but I mean, you know, mental health, we're, we're now becoming a lot more aware um, that, you know, men deal with things that men struggle with things. Where do you ultimately think as a society, we need to be with, with men's mental health? Uh I was thinking about this, like, I think, obviously, there's the kind of the the work that a lot of people are doing to try to remove the stigma for men to even have these discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think at the end of the day, like, you look at my podcast, you know, and I, I share men's stories on my podcast. But a, a, a large amount of my audience is women, because they relate, you know, and they're, you know, there there's been this for a long time, there's been this place of safety, I think, for women to open up about challenges and, and not for everyone. Like, I don't I don't make broad, broad, you know, right. kind of broad paintbrush strokes on anything. But I think for men, especially like you look in the social space and in the health and fitness space and even in the men's mental health space, a lot of it has always been like the suck it up and deal with it mentality. And, and you know, this is these things shouldn't impact, you know, if you're having a rough week emotionally it should have zero impact on anything else you're doing, you know, deal with your emotions and process, you know, even now, like value your emotions and value those things and work through it. But don't you dare let that affect your work, your interactions with other people, your workouts, your nutrition, don't, don't let that leak into other things, or that's weakness. And I, I think it's this whole discussion around like how we define weakness for men and what we allow men to talk about. And, you know, I, I think in the space that I exist in, like, I think the biggest thing that I would love to see more men talking about is um, their their care for themselves, their love for themselves, um, self-value. And because all of these other we want to be top notch at, mm-hmm. you, you can't do it, you know, unless you're you're in that place of really working on how you feel about yourself and the value you see in yourself. And are there, are there positive things there? We focus so much on negatives and challenges and, you know, one of the big things for me the past couple of months, whether it's through one-on-one client work or through kind of the messages I try to put out on social, you know, and even just for myself is this idea of we we have to remember the things that we're doing that are positive. We have to count the wins. Like, you know, I, I think for a while our culture went to this place of, you know, we're, we're anti the idea of everyone getting a trophy. You know, that kind of became this like hallmark, like participation trophies are ruining society. And I think somehow... You know, because I agree with that. Like, I agree with the idea that not everyone should always win everything. Like, not everyone, you know, you come in 10th place, you come in 10th place. Like, there doesn't necessarily need to be a ribbon for 10th place. But I think somehow the 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 importance of the idea of, of winning challenges translated to if I'm not first, nothing I do has value. And let me focus on why I'm not first and why I lost and the negative and we just kind of keep reinforcing that. So I would, you know, I would love to see more people realizing that you're doing hard things every day. 
And you need to give yourself some credit for the hard things that you're doing and, you know, allowing us to talk about the good and the bad. I don't know if that's all rambling, if any of that no, makes no, sense. No, no, like, no, no, no. With this, oh, no, I, I follow yeah. right along. And there's, there's, I'm so glad, actually, that you brought this up because it's like, yes, you need, you have emotions now. We're going to acknowledge that, feel them, but don't let it get in a way of, mm-hmm. of all the other stuff that you're doing. So it's, it's almost like we're in this quasi in between period, whereas mm-hmm. we're acknowledging that, um, you know, there's, there's stuff that you feel, there's stuff that you have to work through. Uh, but you only don't take too much time because you still have you still have things to accomplish. And I, I'm also with the participation trophies. I, I think and and again, in the space that we're in with health and fitness, whether that be with content or with coaching, there has become there's this this whole stigma around failure. Some people won't even say the word failure. Mm-hmm. Now, I absolutely think what most people define as failure is just the natural process of working through something. Mm-hmm. Now, what you brought up about the trophies is interesting because I feel like if if we went through this phase where everybody was getting recognized regardless of how they finished in something, then they're not learning how to deal with failure. And then you get out into the world and when you when things don't go your way and i will purposely use the word failure not because i mm-hmm. think it's an absolute failure i think there's very few things that are actual failures but you have to get comfortable with that kind of tension and if we're giving these types of trophies which we were for a while we wanted everybody to feel safe and there's there's a balance you've got to be able to feel safe and nurtured but you also have to have the ability to cope and the resilience to actually to actually push through so yeah we we've got we have some things where, hey, you're you're a grown man. You have to figure out um, how to handle the emotions that you have. We weren't really ever taught how to do that. So we're all playing catch up with that. And then for a generation or so ago, probably about 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, um, it was, well, you're a winner. You're a winner. Now you, those that generation is an adult and they're getting mixed signals because now they're dealing with the, what is just the adversity of life. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, you and I were talking before we started recording, I mean, life, the, the, it changes in an instant mm-hmm. and we're just talking about navigating the, the day-to-day things with life. So I, I think that's also a really interesting thing to talk about is, you know, being comfortable with the, the just the, the ups and downs, both on whatever it is you're working towards or working through and the ups and downs of your emotions, because you can feel very even and balanced one moment and then something can can happen and it tr- it triggers a memory from last week, last year, or maybe even your childhood. And then all of a sudden you're in your feelings and you don't even know how you got there. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's because we live in this this culture where it, we're like all or nothing, mm-hmm. you know, black or white, mm-hmm. win or lose. And I honestly think like you can't really work on those failures, those challenges, those things you need to learn lessons from if you're not acknowledging the good as well. Yes. Like instead of being in this place of today, like, you know, it's it's like when I, I see someone say today was a winner, today was a loss. And it's like, well, the reality is every day is probably more of a spectrum. And it's more about percentages and where the needle is on that day. And what are the things you need to focus on? You know, one of the things I do for myself you know, when I encourage like with all of the, the people I work with one on one, like 
at the end of the day, the first question you should ask yourself is, you know, what are the good things that I did today? You know, what are the wins that I had today? And then from there, start to frame the discussion on what are the things that I need to do differently tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Because we're also, you know, I, I think from a, pers a perspective of mental health, we get stuck in the past. You know, we get stuck in defining ourselves by those choices we made that we would have, you know, we would rather have gone in a different direction, those actions we took, you know, and I think that's, that's a human instinct is like to relive scenarios, like who hasn't lain in bed at night and all of a sudden you're like, okay, in seventh grade, if I hadn't done that, would my life have gone the way that it's gone right now? Like, in <laughs> But what can you do? We don't have time travel. We don't have the ability, you know, and if you're, you know, even you get into, you know, time, tra you know, time travel superhero movies, when you go and change the past, it ripples and changes everything else. And you're just, you know, whether you're creating an alternate universe or you're actually, you know, ruining things, you know, the butterfly effect. Like, I love you for bringing that right. up. I love that you went there. <laughs> well, you know, so would it really be great if we could go back and change things that we did? Like, I think instead it's like, we have to work on where are we at right now? Yeah. And what are the things I need to be doing right now? And I just think for, and this, again, it goes into the, there's this, this rah-rah mentality in a lot of like, you know, this, this, the manosphere for lack of a better term, which, you know, is not actually the manosphere. Like that's a whole different thing, but you know, in, in men's, in men's motivational space, mm -hmm. there's this whole thing of, you know, if you're not where you want to be, you're a loser and you just got to fight to get there. Like you're losing the battle. You know, what are you doing every day that you're not winning these wars? Like the language becomes so loaded instead of being able to say, let me, let me actually acknowledge where I'm at today. What do I need to be doing? What are the changes I need to be making today that are going to help me move forward? And if there's a different place I want to be, you know, then let me define the, what those actions need to be. But I think like for me, the biggest realization of the past year you know, and this relates in some ways to like the health and fitness space, you know, obviously, because that's kind of where I exist on social media. But it's this whole idea of is my life on track or is my life off track? And the realization that I had is that there's just one track. There's not all these subtracks out there where I'm in this because I, I think when we start to think of ourselves as being off track, mm -hmm. it just continues to enable the behavior that's keeping us in that place. Whereas instead, if I realize there's just one path in front of me and that's the path that I'm on and I get to kind of define how I walk on that path and some days it's going to feel great. Some days it's not going to feel great, but I still know that I'm on that one path. Ah, oh my, and what's the, the best way to kind of phrase what I'm coming to? Like you're, there's just so much talk about who I want to be and you know, who, who am I not right now? And, who I was before when I was successful and I'm not that person anymore. And I just think there's so much kind of self-defeat in that language. Like that idea that you're a different person, you're mm -hmm. still the same person, you know, maybe your actions and your choices have taken you in a different direction than you thought you wanted to go. But the great thing there is when you see it as just one track, when you see yourself as still the same person, you understand that you're in charge of where you go from where you're at right now. You know, that it's, it's really about, you know, disempowerment when you say, I'm in this, I'm stuck in this off track place. I'm stuck in this place of negativity. That's abdicating responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's for, and again, this kind of goes into like the whole journey I've been on personally the past mm -hmm. 49 years. Um, 
at the end of the day for me, like it all just comes back to this idea of if I have a clear vision of what I can control and what I can't control, and I focus my energy on the things that I can control, I'm in a better place than when I try to just say, my life is out of control. These are all things I can't handle. Like there's nothing here that I can have any control over. So I'm just going to let life push me around. And I think instead, like when we get to that place of realizing I am making some good choices and maybe some of my choices need to be brought in line with where I want my actions to be, there's, there's more power there than we think we have. Does that so rambling make think, any sense? No, I think what this all comes down to, no, I, I follow you because we're, we're in a hundred percent agreement on this is that anything you do in life comes back to the relationship that you have with yourself. That's, that's the baseline. Mm -hmm. And that relationship needs to start from a compassionate, kind, supportive place first. A lot of people get this wrong because it's glamorized. Like you're talking about in, in the manosphere mm -hmm. of motivation where it's all this, you're in competition with yourself and you're beating the shit out of yourself mm -hmm. verbally in your head. And it's this whole, um, you know, I'm competing against myself. And it's like, if that's your foundation, if you're in a competition with yourself at the foundational level, you're, you're holding yourself back. It's mm -hmm. a constant tug of war. So yeah, what you're saying is one, you've got to, you have to have a kind, you have to be kind with yourself first. Now, on top of that, when you are you when you are holding yourself accountable in a very direct, honest, but still nurturing way, it's productive. And mm -hmm. I think what this leads to is uh, th this is actually a very empowering point of view because, like you said, you look at life and you're like, these are the things I can control. These are the things that I can't. And the more that I'm able to spend time focusing on the stuff that I can control, the more empowered that I'm going to continue to feel. So with what mm -hmm. you're saying, which is, you know, when people are like, they're looking around, they're like, I'm stuck, I'm off track and all this. And what you said about only there only being one track, I think is as a hundred percent of the way too, but they're like throwing their, their hands up in the air and they're like, ah, I can't get it. No, you, you actually, when you look at this and you actually see what you are in charge of, it's empowering and you realize that you're not in charge of everything. There's going to be some things that you mm -hmm. can't control. And, but by the way, you're still human and you're still on a regular basis, even that, you know, this is the, the area of stuff that you can control. You're still going to try to control the stuff that you can't and the stuff that's within your control. Sometimes you're going to decide it's not worth it today. It's not mm -hmm. worth it this week. It's not worth it right now. And that's okay. And if you have this type of relationship with yourself, this is where the true strength comes in. And it's, it's, you're very empowered. You're very confident in a genuine way about your abilities. And then all of the macho cliche stuff that we hear about what strength is that stuff actually feeds into this, but it's, it's because you know who you are, you have goals, you have things that you're trying to accomplish. You are treating people with kindness and compassion, because that's how you're treating yourself first. When you're, when you're treating yourself from this point of view, you don't need to tear anyone down, someone else or yourself. And all of these, all this stuff that you see where, you know, all this alpha male stuff and we got to do this and the chest thumping and all that, like these guys, like they're, I see it. I think they're grasping and what they're, what they're grasping for, they think they're grasping for dominance. 
What they really want is what you're talking about, mm -hmm. which is a positive relationship with themselves to where they feel capable and empowered to actually go after their goals. Is that pretty much what you, what you were thinking? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it, it speaks to like when I hear people say things like, you know, my goal is I'm going to kill my clone. You know, that's a big thing people talk about. You know, I'm going to kill my clone. You know, it's, I have to destroy myself. And I just have such a visceral kind of gut reaction to that of lack of a better term. Like, I just think it's so dumb. Like, you know, I don't, is, is that judgmental? It probably is. But I, because I think it comes from this perspective of there's something wrong with me that I have to destroy instead of what are the, what are the positive things about me that I have to nurture so I can get stronger? Like I, instead of, you know, like a phrase I use a lot is like, give yourself grace. Like, Giving yourself grace is not allowing your excuses to take over. Mm -hmm. Giving yourself grace is not allowing you to sit back and not make change. Giving yourself grace is acknowledging that right now, this is what I'm struggling with. And these are the challenges that I'm facing today. And my challenges might not look like someone else's challenges. And that's okay. Like, be okay with where you are in this. Because we only live in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, even 10 hours from now, it's still right now. Mm -hmm. Like, it's always where we're at right now. And I think sometimes it can be great to have like grandiose plans of where you want to be. You know, I'm, this isn't video, so people can't see me making air quotes, but I think Podcast it's like, first. you got to do the air. Yeah. Quotes. Like we, where you want to be, you, you have to get there. Like right. there's action you have to take. And when you allow yourself to be in this place of, well, it's someone else driving, you know, someone else is at the wheel. Even if it's a, the negative doppelganger of yourself is at the wheel that's just, it's disempowering to me, you know, from my perspective, like it's this idea of, I can abdicate responsibility. I can let, I can say the, it was bad Mike that did that. It was bad Gourmet that did that. It wasn't Gourmet that did that. It was the bad Gourmet. And if I kill bad Gourmet, I'll never make choices like that again. And it's like, well, no, that's not the way the, that's not what, the way our personalities work. And like, I think it's really at the end of the day, like, okay, am I doing things that I know? Well, let, let, let's even pull it back further. Like, mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things all individuals, you know, and men specifically should work on more is like, what is my base purpose for the actions I'm taking? Like, we call it the why, like, what is my why? And having a clear, like, I think every person's work on themselves starts with having a clear understanding of why, because motivation fades, motivational quotes fade, you're, you can only listen to David Goggins book so many times, like, <laughs> you know, great. You know, and I love the empowerment that he gives to people, but mm -hmm. like really at the end of the day, like you have to be able to say like, no, what, why am I doing this? Like, and sometimes that also means looking at like the, the actions you're taking that are keeping you from your goals and being like, there's a reason I'm taking these actions 100%. and we're, we want to compartmentalize it. Instead of being like, what am I like? I say this so much to people like, OK, you know, I did this over the holidays and I I made these choices and whether it was food or alcohol or whatever it is, you know, and I always say, well, why did you do that? You know, well, it was just a, it was just there. And I'm like, but what did you get out of it? You got something out of it in that moment. You know, and I think that's the question. Like, what are we getting from our actions? Like and when you can start to then realize that understanding what your actions are giving you and the purpose behind things, you can then start to say, is this the purpose I want to be working on? Is this what I need? And that opens up bigger di dialogues of what are the things that I actually need? You mm -hmm. know, what are the things, 
what are the tools I, I have in place or don't have in place that are going to help me with these things that I want to work on? You know, from a perspective of mental health, you know, that goes back to the idea of do I need to be, you know, is just talking to myself enough? Is just talking to a coach enough? Do I need to be talking to someone who is more skilled in handling these experiences that I've gone through and these memories that I'm having and these things that I've been pushing down for so long that I need to help get in line? Like, okay, so if I can't handle this, is there someone who can help me with this? Like being willing to, to because we're also in this place of, you know, every man's an island, you know, as, as the quote that's still there. And like, if you can't handle it yourself, then you can't handle your life. And it's like, well, that's not true. Like we, Human beings have relied on other human beings for many things for many years. Like I rely on the people that grow and produce food for me able to have good, healthy food in my house. Like I rely on the people that sell it to have that. Like why, you know, there's this disconnect between the mind and body. Like mm-hmm. we're all in on people helping us with things that are related to our bodies, whether that's doctors, whether that's a trainer, whether that's a coach that's going to help me with nutrition, whether that's the person, like I said, the, a farmer, like we're all in on that. But for some reason, we see the mental health side of things as I should have to deal with this on my own. Like the idea of reaching out to someone else to help me with this is a show of weakness. And really, our minds and our bodies are, are very similar things. You know, we're, we're a bunch of chemical reactions happening in a lot of ways on both sides. Like if, if you need a resource to help you with something on the mental emotional side, and you, you're someone who is jumping at resources that are helping you on the physical side, Maybe say it, it might be okay. You know, it might be okay for me to reach out and say, I need some help with this because like you said, we weren't raised to learn how to navigate these things. So if I need to do some more learning on how to navigate these situations I'm dealing with, maybe that's not so bad. I, um, so I think one, we've got the title for the episode, which is reaching out for reaching out is, is a true sign of strength. Um, because one, I, I, I think it is, and I think you're right. I think we've got, I think, I think that the tricky part with people not being willing to people not wanting to reach out and then maybe is, is that they don't, they just don't know what to reach out for, because what we're talking about is how people need to be on a positive, they, they need to be on the same page with themselves, but they don't even know who they are emotionally. And you can kind of see, like, I, I can totally understand, okay, maybe it's not just that the guys are macho. Maybe it's because they're like, I got these feelings. I don't even know what to do with these. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're the first step on this is acknowledging that we even have feelings, which, as we talked about, we weren't really equipped to do. So, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's definitely a combination of, you know, reaching out to others. I think we have to do it. I think we have to be super selective around who we reach out to for something like this. Because if you get into that um, David Goggins type thing, or how we could have a whole nother side conversation or 75 hard type stuff, Mm -hmm. it, it may have, it, it, it could very easily have you feeling like you are weak or there is something wrong with you. Um, So I think, we have to be careful about who we reach out to. And then I think it is going to end up being a combination of reaching out and those things that we do for ourselves. I, I will say two of the things that I do and I'm, and I am in therapy as well, but I, I like journaling and I like going outside. And if I'm, if I'm walking, I consider it, it's not really exercise. It's just for me to clear my head. Or if I'm sitting outside on my deck 
it's so that I can clear my head. Now, what I can tell you personally is when I first started doing this without any, without earbuds, without music, without podcasts or anything, there was a lot of chatter and there was a lot of noise and it was very intense. And it took a couple of weeks, honestly, of trying to do this regularly to where it started to calm down. Once it calmed down, then I was in my head with my thoughts, which led to the whole thing with journaling. When I've talked to people about journaling, like, well, I don't know what to write about. And if you're somebody that's an overthinker, which I think if we're in a room and we're like, hey, how many times do you, you know, get stuck on your thoughts? Or like you were talking about, you're in your head at 3 a.m. about something that happened back in elementary school. Um, I think everybody would raise their hand. And what I've gotten into the habit of is whenever I have a thought that I kind of can start to feel my mind going on, I jot it down on my phone and I come back to it and I'll do like a brain dump for like three to four minutes on just that one thing. And it does help. But again, this stuff takes time. But I think, I think it's a combination of yes, the stuff we do on our own, but you do have to be able to reach out as well. But I think you got to be selective about who you reach out to. And I think, and this is something we were talking about before we hit record. Mm -hmm. I think one of the big things that happens, you know, and I know that this is something that I've, you know, struggled with at many points in my life is, do I see enough value in myself to utilize these resources? Like, am I worth the time? Am I worth the one-on-one time with myself? Am I worth reaching out for other people to help me? You know, we're, we see so much value as in other people, you know, especially as men, you know, when we get to that place of protector and provider and like, there's, there's this sense of if, if any of this that I'm working on is for me, then it's a waste of time, you know, because I should just be able to kind of shut up and handle what I'm dealing with. And really, you know, I, it's just, you know, cause especially when I talk to guys who are like, you know, I want to be the best dad that I can be, you know, I want to be there for my kids. And I, I throw back the immediate question of, well, if you want to be the best dad you can be for your kids, why aren't you taking care of yourself? Because they're going to learn how to take care of themselves by watching what you do for you. They're going to learn, you know, this is not just about what you provide, you know, what you bring to the table for people, but what you bring to the table for yourself so that you can, you know, it's the the metaphor that I, I think just always clicks into my head is that whole idea of, if in the event of an emergency on a plane, you have to put your, your own oxygen mask on first before you can, you know, you should put it on someone else, which I just didn't say very, very cleanly. And I, I think you're good. But, yeah, you're <laughs> but it's that idea of we have to be taking care of ourselves before we can take care of anyone else. And I think sometimes, especially as men, we get to this place of I have all of these other responsibilities to other people. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put myself last. And the idea of putting myself first on any of my lists feels selfish. It feels self-indulgent. You know, it feels like it's wrong that I shouldn't be doing this. And I think getting it in your head that you have value and you deserve access to the resources that you're giving to other people is a really great first step to realizing, okay, it's not a waste of money if I, if I do have to find it, you know, if I'm finding a therapist to work with. It's not a waste of time. You know, I'm not taking an hour away from my family because I need that hour to work on myself. I'm participating in my responsibilities by taking care of myself, like really seeing the value, the intrinsic value in yourself as a person, I think is just so important. And I think most people, if I were to say, do you value yourself, would kind of laugh it off and say, of course I do. And then if you then ask the next question of, well, what are the things that you do to take care of yourself every day to show yourself value? Answer for me the question of what are the ways that I value myself? Like, why do I value myself? Like thinking about all those things, then you start to get into it and you're like, well, 
I don't do anything for myself every day. You know, everything I do is for someone else. And we're taught that there's something virtuous about that. And I just think this idea, you know, and yes, over the past probably 10 years, that idea of self-care has become so cliche. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not talking about bubble baths and candles and things along those lines. I'm talking about, like you said, even just finding time to sit with your thoughts, you know, and seeing that as valuable time, mm -hmm. realizing that that is important, realizing that taking 10 minutes to journal is important. Like you deserve that, you know, you deserve that care that you showed everyone else reflected back at you. And it doesn't. And I think sometimes we get stuck in, I give all of this to other people. They should just automatically give it back to me. And that like, that's a whole nother can of worms that goes back to that thing of what can I control and what can I control? All I can ever, you know, and this is where the, the stoic side of me, the, you know, the, the stoicism guy inside of me comes out. Like I can only control my actions and how I respond to the actions of other people. And if that means that I don't get what I want from other people, that's a whole nother thing to dive into, but I can't force anyone, you know, to give me anything. I can't force anyone to do these things for me. The only person who can do for me at the end of the day is me and then foster other relationships and work on those things. And yes, you're going to get things back from other people, but if you're not getting that and that's what's holding you back from taking action because people should be doing something for you, then you're just in a whole nother hole. Like really at the end of the day, like, and I say, at the, I realize whenever I do any podcast, I say at the end of the day, a million times. So if you want to edit that out a hundred times, that's completely oh, fine. No, I, I think you but, should You the end of the day podcast is something. You yeah, should. I think that's, there you go. But yeah. I, I just think it really is. It's not selfish to see yourself as important. It's not selfish as to see yourself as having value. And yeah. I think we've been taught specifically, you know, as men, and, and I'm sure women get these messages too, but I think as men, we're taught when you do things that feel quote unquote extra for yourself, that that's selfish. And being selfish is one of the worst things you can be as a person. And it's like, no, it's not selfish to do things that I need to help me function in society and function in my life and actively move through life in ways that I want to, instead of feeling stuck in boxes. So I will say, and I'm sure you've experienced this too. I, I think what you've described, which is people putting everyone else ahead of themselves and being afraid that they're going to come off selfish. I think they absolutely exist. And I think there's a lot of them. I will say when I'm having anything around the conversation of why are you doing this or what is it getting into the, what is your why? Mm -hmm. If the response comes off too canned, I'll be like, this isn't social media. If you and I are working together, I need to know your real why. Mm -hmm. So nobody, nobody's going to get offended. It may be for a very selfish reason that you're wanting to do this, but you owe it to yourself. And in this case, if we're working together, you owe it to me to know what that is and acknowledge it. So I think that's, that's part of it. So like if, if you're, cause I think there's definitely could be some guys listening to this that are like, oh my gosh, the, the guy that's that's not selfish, that's putting everybody ahead of himself. That's the good way to go about this, but that's, that's not me. Motives are motives. Mm -hmm. And you know, what you find out and cause, and you actually touched on this and I'm, and I'm glad that you did is that, you know, it's, it's okay to be selfish. You mentioned it's okay to be self-serving and what you mentioned, what a lot of people do is they they don't, and as guys, I think a lot of times people, but us in general, men, 
have a, a problem for advocating for what we want, saying directly what it is that we want. And then we get upset when other people don't respond the way that we want them to. Mm-hmm. And then we can also get this into, I'm acting a certain way to control how others respond, which is what you mentioned. And it's it's like this manipulation. And I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of this with the nice guy syndrome, oh my gosh, you know, I'm a nice guy and people take advantage of me and nobody ever puts my needs first, but it's like, why are you being nice? If you're being nice, because of what we were talking about before, which is you have a healthy relationship with yourself, you're, you're, you're in a, a very content place with who you are and you treat others with respect and kindness, that's one thing. But if you're somebody that is trying to manipulate a situation, that's entirely different. So intent on all this stuff, I think really does matter. Oh, 100%. And I would just, a, a little throwback for when you were talking about people not kind of having whys that might sound a little disingenuous or surface level. Mm-hmm. There's an activity called the five whys. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something if people are listening and they're like, well, what is that? Google it. You know, it's this idea that often when we ask ourselves why, the first answer is very surface. And so then you have to say, but why is that important? And then you keep doing that until you get to something that really hits you emotionally and resonates. And, you know, it it happens, you know, and again, I'm tangenting for a second, but it happens in the weight loss space when you say to someone, well, you know, why do you want to lose weight? And the first answer they give is, well, to fit in, fit in nicer clothes. And then I say, well, why is fitting in nicer clothes important to you? Well, because then it, you know, it means I, I, I don't have to take two hours to go to the specific store. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. Well, why is that important? You know, and then it starts to come down to like, they start to realize that it's about, well, you know, it's about the use of my time, you know, when it goes to different levels and it's like that idea of like continuing to dig into your why I just think is incredibly important. Like something I would throw out there to people, like look into that and do it, like do that work. But I think you're right. Like, <laughs> um, I I'm guilty myself. I think at times, you know, when I, I stop myself when I realize it, like, you know, cause I, I think often we feel like we're screaming our needs, but we're not really communicating them, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I had it in some levels, you know, kind of thrown back in my face when I was talking to a friend a couple months ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And this person has gone through some trauma, some physical trauma and things along those lines and just had this like breaking point where they're like, well, I wanted to be a part of this activity and no one, no one, you know, no one helped me to be a part of it. And I'm like, well, did, were you invited? And they're like, well, you know, the, the, per, you know, someone mentioned they were going and I said, that sounds like fun. I'm like, yeah, but did you say that you wanted to go? And they're like, well, no, I, I, well, I told them it sounded like fun. And if someone says to you, that sounds like fun, that's clearly that I'm saying, please invite me. And I said, you might think that, but those aren't the words you used, right. you know, <laughs> use specific language. Like that sounds like fun. I would like to go to that. Well, you know, then that's selfish of me to say that. I'm like, well, then you don't have a right to get upset. Like, yeah. that's something for us to think about. Like, if we're not actually communicating the things that we need, we cannot get upset that we're not being given them. And that's a really hard realization, you know, and it's something for me where, for me personally, in the work that I've done on myself over the years, like, I've really realized that language matters and how I communicate matters. And if I'm not communicating something and I start to get frustrated over it, that's not fair. That's not fair to those other people. It's not fair to myself. Like, why am I, <laughs> excuse me, why am I playing word games when really what I should say is I would like to be a part of this thing that you're doing? You know, I need you to, I need more time with you to talk about this. You know, I, I, 
I, I have had clients that have said, you know, well, one of the things I need is, you know, more time one-on-one with my spouse. You know, that would really help me kind of like decompress at the end of the day. I'm like, well, have you expressed that to your spouse? No. Okay. Then how are they supposed to know? You know, we're not mind readers. Like, you know, if I need someone, you know, I'm getting frustrated by a situation where someone is doing a specific action and I don't say to them, when you do that, it frustrates me and realize that they have the right to say, I, I acknowledge that, but I'm not going to change what I'm doing. And that's a, that, that's a, that's another side to it. But mm-hmm. at the very least, then I've expressed it, you know, communicating. And, and again, you know, it goes back to your initial question, you know, what are some of the important things, you know, that are a part of men's mental health that we should be talking about more in it's communication. You know, it's this idea of being able to communicate what I need to other people mm-hmm. is an essential skill that we're not really taught as people, like, because we think it's asking for too much. We think we're overstepping boundaries. And if, and this is something that that same conversation with a friend where I said, if you ask to be a part of something and they say, it's not possible for you to be a part of this just because of the way things are set up, then you have an answer. And you can't get mad at their response. You know, if I ask someone to help me with something and they say, no, I can't, that's a choice that they're making. On the flip side of that, we're all as people pleasers. If someone asks us to do something and we agree to do it, we don't have a right to resent that person for asking us to do something because we actively entered into an agreement with that person to do it. And how often do we do that? Like, you you know, can you drive me to this? You know, I need help getting, you know, you have a car, I don't have a car. Can you drive me to this event that I want to go to? And I say, yes. And then I spend four days being like, I have to drive this <laughs> GD person to this stupid thing that I don't even want to be a part of. And why did I do this? And I hate them for putting me in this position. They didn't put you in that position. You did. Put yourself in the position. You know, because I was afraid to say no because I was worried about their reaction. Now I'm all of a sudden blaming them for asking that question. They expressed a need. If you express a need, the other it's uh, the onus is on the other person to choose how they respond to it. And that's, that's a huge part of adulting that I think a lot of us miss, you know, that idea that we have a right to say no to things, even if it's something we would love to do and love to help someone with, if we don't have the bandwidth to deal with it for ourselves personally at that time, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say, no, I can't do that. It's not okay to say yes and grow resentful of that person and angry that you said, yes, get mad at yourself. So these are, it's when we're starting to, so, so I think actually a couple of tactical things that could really help a lot of the folks listening, because you're right, we weren't really taught how to do this, but one, when it, when it's communicating what you need, it can be as simple and as direct as I need this, or I would like to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of times what people do, because it's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable. And, and all these situations we're talking about here towards the end are uncomfortable. I'm, I'm putting out what I need, but on the flip side, as you're saying, they have the ability to respond however they want and however they choose. Now, regardless of if they agree with you or accommodate you, or they say, I don't care, um, you have that information. Mm -hmm. And the more you put yourself out there and have this little awkward moment of you being open and vulnerable about what you need, the easier it's going to get. It's never going to be 100% easy, but yes, the other part of I'm a people pleaser. I don't want to make everybody upset. However, I really don't want to do this. And I love how you're like, I'm going to be mad for four days because that totally happens. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they, we can't, again, it comes down to the intent, intent on why we want to help. If we're, if we want to help because we're available and we want to, to make it easier on this person, that's one thing. If we're just saying yes, because we don't want them to be mad at us, but we're actually discounting ourselves. So we're going to be upset. That again, is not fair to anyone. So uh, I think being direct on expressing our needs and then being okay with the fact people are going to say no, and then it's, it's going to be awkward, but you're right. These are things, it, it is part of adulting, but man, we all struggle with this too. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. Like to kind of wrap, you know, kind of, we, we've been talking about a lot of different things. Like it comes to the end of the day, like not just being able to express your needs to other people, but being able to express your needs to yourself. Like it starts there. Like if I don't understand the things that I need to help me with the challenges I'm facing, then I'm never going to get anywhere. So doing that self and, you know, taking that time, like you were saying, like that time, that walking time, that meditating time, like Mm -hmm. finding ways, you know, whether or it's journaling. And I would throw it to people like I was someone who spent decades saying I wanted to be a journaler. Like I would buy journals and have an entire bookshelf of these beautiful, you know, sleek, wonderful journals full of blank pages that I never used. And it wasn't until I realized that I could look to, I could look for some help on that. You know, I could use a journal that maybe had some prompts in it Mm -hmm. to help me get into that habit, you know, that I could actually start working on that and using that tool in a positive way in my life. But a big part of it is finding the tool that you need to help you understand, like, what are the things that I need for me personally? And then what are the actions that I need to take to actually start working towards those things. And if that involves communicating with other people, great. If it involves things I need to be doing for myself every day, great. But let's be start to get to this place of being specific. You know, I think the more specific we are when it comes to what are the things that I need? Why am I doing these things? What do my actions look like? You know, teaching yourself to be more specific when it comes to communicating with yourself and with other people is a, an incredible starting place. And like you said, it doesn't start easy, especially if it's not something you've been doing. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not used to having uncomfortable conversations with yourself, starting to have uncomfortable conversations with yourself is going to be, well, uncomfortable, but it gets easier. You know, it, it's something that these aren't magic, magical skills that other people are born to possess. And we just don't have them. If we've, It's things that we learn and someone else went through a process in their life that helped them learn it easier or faster than I did. But it doesn't mean that I can't learn those things. And I, so I, much of it is, is important to just get into practice. It, 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 it's, it's like you said, it is just about getting started. And, you know, just because we know how to do it and you and I having this conversation seem like we're far ahead on the game. It's still it, it's still a very nerve wracking mm-hmm. experience to advocate for what it is that you want. And it's still when somebody when somebody does something you don't want them to, you're still like, but oh, yeah. um, I know I, I totally get it, but, but no, this, this, this was good. I, I think there's a lot of stuff um, in here where really, and I think the biggest thing with everything we've talked about is just start slow and just, just work at it gradually. And as you say, give yourself grace. But uh, if you guys are not connected with Gourmet at this point, again, I've got everything linked up in the show notes to get in touch with him, but, uh, but this was good, man. I'm glad we were able to catch up and, and, uh, we got into a lot of good stuff here today. No, definitely. And if, if I can just say one last thing to everyone, realize that like, I, I think 100% both Daryl and I would say, these are all still things that we struggle with. Like you, 
you never you never flip a switch and everything's perfect. So giving yourself the grace again, just to be where you're at right now, identify the things that you want to work on. You know, I do it for myself all the time. What are the things I need to work on this week? And some some days that pops into my head really easily. And some days I really push back on it, you know, and I'm like, well, I don't want to do any of this work right now. <laughs> Understand that it it's about just, you know, giving yourself that chance to to learn a little bit more about yourself, grow a little bit and, you know, have some good talks with yourself and with the people in your life. And I don't know. It, it gets I'll it, ramble for another 20 minutes. No, it, it does. I just I just wanted I wanted to just be out there that these are things that we can have a, a greater understanding of. Mm -hmm. And different factors in our lives can make them challenging still. You know, life is going to throw you curveballs. Work on the skills and try to apply them to the different situations you find yourself in. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's the thing. So you just start working on them and see where it takes you. Um, and you don't ramble, man. That's how podcasting mm -hmm. is. We go off in a bunch of directions, but somehow at the very end, we tie it all together. So there you go. Uh, but we will uh, we'll wrap up here and um, we'll do it again soon. Gory, what do you think? That sounds great, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk today. All right. Sounds good, man. Talk to you soon.